Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. All right, Lori, we're talking about sexual equality today. It's yeah. not something I hear talked about a lot, though. We don't. Yeah, but it's important, right? Because there, we want sex to have balance and equity in that relationship. Yes. Do you feel like you see a lot of people where that is not the case, where they are imbalanced there? Yeah. I mean, I think anybody walking through my door for sexual problems is usually <laughs> unbalanced. So it's and everybody. Not, mu- <laughs> not mutual, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when we're talking about sexual inequalities, when one person's needs or desires, their preferences are getting met more often than the other person's, right? Exactly. On a On a consistent and exactly. regular basis. Or that their needs are dominating the relationship. It may not even be that their needs are getting met, Mm -hmm. but their need for sex, their need for certain types of sex, that that becomes the pursuit and it dominates everything. And then there's not this room and space for mutuality, this room for the other person's eroticism to thrive. Mutuality is a good word. That's the word that I like, right? Yeah. I mean, because that really is what sexual equality means, is that there is a movement toward mutuality to balance Um, where there is a concern on both sides for the other person's concern, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the root of it. It's not a selfish position. It's saying if... If in order for my needs to be fully met, your needs have to be fully met as well. This is a heartbreak to me is when I hear somebody say, you know, I I could just never have sex again. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, how does your partner feel about that? Well, yeah, that's really a problem. You yeah. know, I, I, they're, they're really upset with me. I'm like, how do you stay happy when you know your partner is unhappy? Yeah. But, but on the other side of it, the flip side, right, is like, I need it, I need it, I need it. And it's like, okay, and you're pressuring your partner in such a way that they don't have room yeah. to feel sexual. Or How I, is that okay? Yeah, or it could be, it, it's too where, and this is typically from, a man's point of view to, to women where they ig- ignore her lack of orgasm, right? She is uh-huh. not having, she's not having an orgasm and they continue to not figure that out. And they yeah. go years and years where without her having an orgasm right. and he's still, ha- he is having one, right. he may still be dissatisfied in the sexual relationship, but his concern is not that she has, is not enjoying it to the to the level that she should be. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm thinking of a couple that I saw a while back and that happened and she was orgasmic. So she had the capability to have orgasm, but the way that they did it, they had so many unspoken things between them that they often resorted to kind of this fast and quick pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, she couldn't really get aroused in it and she felt like he wasn't attending to her need for a slow arousal. And she was a very sexual person. She was ironically the sexual pursuer, but she kind of gave up because of this pattern. 
you know, and then when they finally get on track, there's these years of resentment. Okay, you know, all these years we did it your way. Like, like you didn't pay attention to what I was saying. And I mean, it's not a sexual problem at that point, right? Yeah. It's a relationship problem. Sure. I and mean, and I think as we talk about this, there's a lot of where that's mirrored in the relationship. So we, mm-hmm. we have to keep that in mind. Where the, what I mean by that is that what's going on, the sexual inequality is being reflected in other areas as well besides in the bedroom. And so, but as we talk about lots of times, like that one influences the other. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also in sexual equitable relationships, there's an ability to influence your partner, right? Mm-hmm. There is a shared influence where there's a response to the need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can express my need to my spouse and they respond to that and mm-hmm. they and vice versa where they express a need and I respond to that, right? Mm-hmm. There's an ability for me to have influence over what goes on mm-hmm. in the sexual relationship. If mm-hmm. I don't feel that I have an influence, right? Like mm-hmm. how damaging is that to not feel like I have any power in a relationship for that to work? Um, and I think that, that that sense of inequality there's some research, right, that associates a sense of equality in the relationship with lower levels of anxiety and depression, where when there is that equity in the relationship, that my sense of well-being is heightened. Yeah, isn't that right? great? And my sense of re- my satisfaction in the relationship is heightened, mm-hmm. right? Um, and of course, so, because it's a sense of being respected as the other. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you, well, and you feel a part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's also tied to the, not just relationship satisfaction, but sexual satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Right. If I feel equitable in the relationship, I feel better about our sex life. I feel better about the love and the closeness. Those feelings are like are with people that feel equitable in relationships. They report higher levels of feeling loved and close to their spouse. So it's, it's a really important concept to try to figure out how to have that and make sure that there's equity in your mm-hmm. relationship. I, I agree. I just... I mean, it's so important. I love what you said about it. It includes feeling like we can influence our partner, mm-hmm. you know, that we can get through to them either way. Right. That mutuality is let's do something that makes us both happy. It's a win win kind of solution. Mm-hmm. Right. If one person is dominating either way, maybe the low desire or the high desire person that's that's not a win-win. Yeah. You know, like, why not just wait until there's a time that both people want it? Mm. Um, and I understand that may mean waiting forever. And that's not what I'm saying, because that would mean the low desire partner dominating. Yeah. Um, I love that concept. We talk about it a lot in couples therapy, the idea of moving from a win-lose mentality in the relationship to a win-win. Mm-hmm. Right. Oftentimes the conflict, whether it's sexual or otherwise, gets you into a position where you are trying to win an argument. Right. I hate when couples talk about that, whether they're in therapy or not. Like when I hear or when I hear, you know, couples on TV shows fighting about this. Oh, I won an argument this time or score one for me. Uh, you know, like yeah. that's it's such a yeah. damaging concept in relationship because it gets you into this position of battling to get some kind of victory. Which, like you said, like there's that's a that's a there's a power dynamic there of somebody that has power winning versus somebody that doesn't losing as opposed to us both getting what we want. I have a patient who used to say, you know, I won this session. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, Lori Uh, was harder on you than she was on me. So I won. 
And I'm like, ooh, ooh, we are not, we need more work. Yeah, Lots that's where you work. tell it. We'll sit back down. We still, <laughs> have, we still, we still got to talk. That's, what was that? Um, oh, what was her name? It was the law partners. Um, and she had this, she went to a therapist who had a couch who would knock them at the back of their knees and sit them back down. Like, um, Abby something. Oh, okay. You're too I have, young. I have, that. I have no idea. Okay. Are, you, okay. are you talking about Allie McBeal? Allie McBeal. <laughs> Abby, whatever her I, name is, Allie. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I have to be I have to be a detective for your pop culture references. We, <laughs> we have to like I just take the little snips and, and clues know, that you and, throw and out and try you, to figure them out. Didn't you throw out a, a song recently that I'm like, nope, nothing, Ada. <laughs> Don't get it. I think so. But you can almost do that with with songs in my own era because I I don't know names, I don't know artists, I just listen to music. That's that's okay. That's okay. okay. Most most brilliant people don't have any pop culture references. You are sweet. Okay. (laughs) Well let's play let's play a little bit of game in the last part of part one here about you might be in a sexual inequitable relationship if. Okay. Right? Let's throw out just some examples of how sexual inequality plays out in relationships. So um, I like games. One, Let's play games. All right. One area is uh, if your partner is satisfied during sex, but you are not, you are probably ding, ding, in a ding, sex- ding, ding. Yeah, there's just sexual uh, inequality in a relationship. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes that like that's not talked about either, mm-hmm. right? And then we'll talk about that. But if you're if that's happening, you are not in a, a consistently right. Mm-hmm. If you're consistently unsatisfied in your sexual relationship, but your partner is expressing satisfaction. It's unequal. But if you're having sex five times a week and you can't hold over for the next two days, mm. you also might have a leaky bucket. And huh. a leaky bucket is, is to me, the part of the person who, even when they get what they want and what they need, it doesn't fill them up. Mm. It doesn't fill them up. It just leaks out the bottom of the bucket and they still feel hungry and needful. So, I mean, it could also be, you know, that they... It may be inequitable, but if you are, if your partner is really giving it a good old try, which yeah. I think five times a week is a really good try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're talking. Yeah. Of, you're talking about an inappropriate need, right? Well, I, I don't or know not, that it's not inappropriate an, to need that or to fantasize or want that. I think though that not getting filled and satisfied, right. and then saying you're not giving me enough, is a problem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that it's caveat. Ca- caveat. Caveat there. Yeah. Caveat. So if your partner's sexual request fantasies, they're the ones that are consistently being fulfilled, but yours are not. Right. Right. And that's that is that's inequitable. So if they're saying this is what I want and this is how we have to do it, but your fantasies are not being fulfilled, then you might be in I know. A, as an actual relationship. But the same my, caveat's going to apply. My husband won't buy a trampoline. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, okay, all right. Okay. I'll okay. Not, okay. Now, okay. There's, now there's things in my head that shouldn't be there. <laughs> Adam, God, I'm there. sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. okay um, when you fight about sex and the fights are not fair, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what, you, what's what to you is an uh, is unfair fighting? I, I think this is really important. So certainly name calling. You know, you're frigid. You're mm-hmm. a sex addict. Criticism. Uh, criti- I mean, yeah. name calling. You yeah. know, or you're. A, F, B, C, you know, any of those, like we're not going to say them on air, but, you know, any kind of name calling, you're just like your mother, you know, she's sexless, you you know, you're just like your parents, uh, you're just like your father who's, who's this. I mean, all of that is unfair. When you hurl things at your partner that are names or generalizations, that's unfair. Yeah. 
And it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think that those types of fights, are, oftentimes it's not fair when you were talking. You can tell it's not fair when you're talking more about the other person than you're talking about yourself. Yes. Right. Um, that typically signifies that there's something unfair in the fight because you're not sharing enough about yourself and what you need or want. So there's no vulnerability on your side. It's not coming from the I position. That's right. And an I position statement is not, I think you are X. Yeah. <laughs> an I position statement, but, right, is yeah. I'm feeling the need for more sex. Yeah. Not, I'm feeling like you don't want sex. That, yeah. That's two different things. Those two very different things. And, and I also think what makes a fight unfair is the use of always and never. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, you start saying, throwing that around, and your partner is automatically going to be defensive and start looking for the example of how they weren't always that way. Mm. Right? Yeah. And if unfair <laughs> fights feel demanding. Right. They feel like somebody's making demands mm-hmm. um, rather than working together as a team to find a respectful compromise. Yes. Um, it feels very um, one sided in that case and, and, and very inflexible, mm-hmm. um, which is different than drawing boundaries and saying, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's more things have to be my way mm-hmm. or the highway type mm-hmm. of conversation. Right. Um, so a couple more before we wrap up here, just things when you don't feel free to explore the sexual need, your sexual needs and wants with your partner. I, f- I feel like we we just the ability for there to be freedom and acceptance in your relationship is super important, but especially in your sexual relationship, um, that there that there's some freedom there for you to be able to um, have there in an appropriate way. That same caveat that you mentioned in the first part applies here as well. But when you feel very restricted in that, or when you don't feel safe and don't feel respected in your mm-hmm. sexual relationship. Right. If you don't feel respected, even if different, right? I mean, we can respect that our partner is very different than us. And that doesn't mean that we're going to agree to everything, but it's that sense of they don't run over my boundaries. Mm-hmm. They hear me when I say what I want. They hear me when I say no. They don't keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots to, if you don't feel safe, that, that could signal something bigger, right? And we want to say that, like that's, mm-hmm. there's obviously inequality in abusive relationships, mm-hmm. right? And that's not, we're, that's something that's completely different than necessarily what we're talking about. But it is, I feel like a good caveat to say, like, if there's abuse, like that's something that's mm-hmm. not going, yeah. you've got to get out of that situation. Absolutely. That's not one to restore the equality there. But right. but here, when we're talking about it, there's just not a, there's not a sense of real safety to share, right? To a sense of safety to be vulnerable, to to let your guard down, mm-hmm. to be uninhibited. Um, there's not a there's not a sense of safety there, which is different. Exactly. So why don't we come back after the break, Lori, and talk about kind of what drives this and what are some solutions to getting equality back in your relationship. So just a quick word about our couples intensives that both me and Lori offer. Oftentimes, healing in relationships, it just takes more than the average 50-minute session every week over several months of time. A couples intensive therapy offers an alternative to that. What happens over a weekend, typically 12 to 16 hours, somewhere in there, that really helps to calm high-conflict situations, build more healthy patterns of communication, and really, it's a jump start to change, right, Lori? Like, Absolutely. it can be something that can really catapult you into change a little bit quicker than the average once a week type of therapy situation. I think so. And people ask me, what does it look like? What do you do? And usually for me, I do a three-day itinerary. The first day is basically 
coming to why did they come at this point in their relationship? What is their current functioning? And then often maybe that's a Friday night, Saturday morning, we start talking about what is the dynamic? Where's the toxic cycle? And then we look at their family of origin. And I would say by Saturday afternoon, that's the time that we start to really dig into how do you stop the toxic cycle? And maybe if the problem is over sexual difficulties, there's an assignment and a discussion about what that will be. And they usually complete that assignment in their hotel room all by themselves. You know, we don't do any of that, you know, supervision of that. But we then the next morning debrief that and talk about you know how the assignment went there is often time at this point because of the amount of hours that we've spent together to perhaps process one trauma from the past as well so you know it's a really intensive way of working it's my favorite way to work and you know i'm reducing kind of my weekly caseload at this point so this is where i'm directing my efforts in clinical work Right. You also get a post-intensive action plan to take home with you to follow up. We plan how you can continue this work for you. But we'd be happy to talk to you more about if you feel like an intensive is right for you, whether it'd be good to work with me or with Lori. So give us an email at info at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. So, you know, I wanted to say one last thing about this feeling safe. Mm. There is nothing that kills a sex life like a temper. Yeah. You know, if a partner has a temper, forget about it. You you just cannot. That's an injury that makes their partner feel unsafe. So I have this little inventory that I do, whether the person is a pirate or a goddess. And on the pirate one, which is for the male, you know, there's one that basically says he cannot be qualified as a pirate if he has a temper. You know, so it just doesn't work, right? You're, yeah. you're not going to be a good lover. It's because anger because inflicts so many injuries. On, to uh, the body. Yeah. To your partner's actual body. They begin to reverberate with your anger, and that is not a sexual yeah. vibe. And we're not talking about appropriate anger. We're talking about explosive anger, yeah. right? I mean, that's where when you talk about temper, you're talking about Yelling. Uh, a high emotional reactivity um, and anger coming out in inappropriate ways that make it feel unsafe. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's that too. I mean, that goes back to f- fighting fair and how you do that. Um, and that one of the drive, big drivers to sexual inequality is issues in communication, right? That anger is going to be one of those that really drives that. But another one is also just the difference between direct and indirect communication. Like oftentimes it it's not stating your needs clearly, and so uh, your partner is just running over that, or mm-hmm. it's not being attentive to those indirect communication, um, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not listening for those or asking questions about what does that mean. You're just shutting it down. Yeah. So it, the difference might you know oftentimes might look like. I need more foreplay, or I want to try different positions, which is a very Yay, direct communication. I need more foreplay, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> or versus an indirect communication is what do you think about trying different positions? What do you think about more foreplay? Or even backing up, not even that. That's even could be more subtle than that. Of like, what do you think about spicing up our sex life? Mm-hmm. Right. So you're not actually stating what you need. Or your partner's not asking more questions about, well, what do you mean by spice it up? Right. What does that look like to you? It's either one of those two things where those the, what you need is getting missed and run over. So you're saying the person who is wanting to start the conversation about perhaps creating something different should start from a vulnerable place, 
don't bury the lead. Say what you want first. Start yeah. there and then maybe talk about other feelings. So start with, hey, I really want you to spend more time caressing me before we jump into genital touching. Right. Like, don't bury the lead. Say what you want. And then talk about it in terms of how do you feel about that? Can we make this happen? Maybe why I want that or, or whatever. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were talking about before about talking about yourself. It keeps mm-hmm. it centered on you. It's not saying you're awful at this. Like, or why do you keep messing this up? Why do you keep not touching Mary? It's not attacking. It's not judgmental. It's it's more direct and it's it leads Mm -hmm. with yourself. And I like what you were saying that some people need to speak up and some people need to listen more. I think about couples, and this is very simplistic, but sometimes I watch them and I think, you know what? You need to pipe up and you need to pipe down. Yes. I mean, you know, like you you need to cool it and listen and you need to say more and get it out there and represent yourself. Yeah. And I've seen this happen from both genders, right? Yes. Where like you could you could you could make a case for either side that they need to do one of those two things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Either I've had I've had women and men who need to back off and Mm -hmm. create more space for their partner to to, to listen. Pipe down. Uh, And then others, both men and women who need to speak up and say what they need on both sides of that. The other communication issue that happens with inequality is where there's just efforts on either both sides to avoid conflict, right? Mm. That may keep people from that, mm. that speaking up often is mm-hmm. just they, um, they're worried about things escalating. They're overwhelmed emotionally. They get flooded, mm-hmm. things like that, that they just want to avoid because they don't want those negative feelings to even be a part of their relationship. Right. And I would say that avoiding conflict is a direct path to a sexless marriage. Mm, really? You oh, just say it that strongly. Absolutely. Yeah, tell, why? Absolutely. Like what like where Be- where's make the connection? There isn't if we're avoiding conflict, we're not being our true self, right? Mm-hmm. So so our partner doesn't really know us, it becomes much more difficult to form an, a secure attachment and we know that sex flourishes within a secure attachment. So without that security, I mean, we're not being ourselves. Yeah. It, it just so happens that two people, you know, no matter how compatible they are, are very, very different. <laughs> so to avoid conflict is to avoid revealing yourself, to being truly known or to knowing the other. Well, it kills is, in, it kills it, intimacy of any kind, right? Because right? intimacy is the ability to see into somebody else, right? Yes. To see them clearly, to see who they are, and for them to be able to see you. So without it, without that ability to to be yourself and to see the other person, it kills intimacy of any kind. Yeah, and it and sex, as we have said over and over, needs work. And so if you don't have a mechanism to make it better or to resolve things that didn't work, then you're going to truncate on either end. Well, we tried that, it didn't work, done. You tried that, that didn't work. She looked had a funny look on her face when I tried that, that's over. You know, pretty soon you've lopped off the sides of the continuum and sex is so flat that nobody wants to do it. Yeah. 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 I, I think there's there's two in inequitable relationships. Obviously there's a power dynamic at play there, right? Mm-hmm. That needs to be addressed somehow. And oftentimes people just don't address it. It's it may come out in their communication, it may come out in sex. Obviously in abusive relationships, that's heightened, mm-hmm. right? And but power dynamics exist in all relationships, mm-hmm. right? And so to not address how they're going on, you know, I've seen people that constantly defer to the other, mm-hmm. right? Where they are just say, like, even in small areas, right? Where they say, well, every time the other person says, where do you want to eat? They go, well, whatever you want is fine. 
or I don't yeah. have an opinion about that. That happens in those small areas, but then it it kind of mounts and it builds and it's it comes out in, in the bigger ones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's so boring. I, 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 dated, <laughs> you think it's, I dated a guy long you ago you who, think it's like, boring. <laughs> who never had an opinion yeah. you know, like about anything. And it's like, really? I mean, it's it's more interesting to be with somebody who has opinions and, you know, says who they are. I mean, it's just right. It's Well, I think I would say. If it's that's if they're doing that all the time, uh, yes, it I was think, all the time. Yeah, see, that's different. I mean, if you don't really care where you eat, like that's something. But if you never have an I opinion, I always care where I eat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, me too. But I asked you, my husband, "Where do you want to go?" And then he says, "Ah, sushi." I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> see, that's 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 the but that's the thing. It becomes it becomes a dirty yes in a sense, right? Uh-huh. Like it becomes a, I don't oh, have. Okay, an, what's a dirty yes? I like that word, but well, the dirty yes is a, a, when you say yes, but you don't really mean yes oh yeah or you say that's okay and you don't really mean that's okay or and that's and that's I'm what doing, it is you... when you say when you say i'll eat wherever you want and then he says um let's go to sushi and you say no that's not what i really want you yeah. you that's a dirty it's a the first one is a dirty yes because it's and and that's what i mean like it for a lot of people they won't come back and say no i don't really want sushi mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll just bury it and they'll go eat sushi anyway and so what happens is over time if you do that in those areas it builds up resentment it builds up and and it doesn't communicate interest in the other person right right which right. is i think is bigger is that not a lack of opinion over time consistently just says i'm not really interested in engaging fully in this relationship i'm not invested yeah yep exactly so one other area that I just really want to make sure we mention too is that a lot of things that drives inequality in the bedroom is inequality in other areas of the relationship, mm-hmm. right? So things like household chores, child care, child care decisions about what you do, inequality in finances, not just in who makes more, but in who makes the financial decisions, not getting each other's input, especially when you're making bigger purchases or making bigger investments. Like all of those things, when there's not equality in the, those areas, is going to drive a disconnect in sex because somebody is not feeling like they have a full part in the in the partnership. Bingo. I agree. Do you know on my forms, on my sexual forms for clients coming in, I used to have them list out the household chores and who did what. I bet that's the first time people had done that too. Yeah. It was when they filled out those forms. Yeah. I remember one guy who said, well, I cut you know, the right side of the lawn. I cut the back of the lawn. I cut the left side of the lawn. I cut every blade of grass in the lawn. I'm like, basically, he he wanted his list to equal her list. (laughs) (laughs) So he just got he just get he subdivided the lawn. He didn't just say mow the lawn. He subdivided it so he would have five or six things. I I cut. I do five thousand things. I cut five (laughs) thousand blades of grass every weekend. (laughs) Well, that would uh, there's a reason for that because he probably saw he started to see how much that she did. He did, and he was very. Defensive, yeah. yeah, and and it was a huge impact, right? I say, resentment is the monster under the bed. Mm. You know that that is going to kill, you know, our desire to be in a mutual sexual relationship if we feel like the chores are inequitable or if the childcare is inequitable. Yeah. You know, terrible to say to somebody like, "Will you babysit?" You know, are I'll babysit the kids for you Friday night so you can go out with your girlfriends. It's like, no, 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 you're not babysitting. Those yeah. are your children too. Yeah. <laughs> And that, but I think that's such a good exercise, and that's a good segue into like solutions for just to kind of sum up things we would suggest for people. 
to address some of this, but that's one, right? If you feel like the chores, the household responsibilities are inequitable, like being able to sit down with each other and just list off, okay, what do each of us take responsibility for? What do we share mutual responsibility for? And being able to look at it on paper can really be something that can be helpful if you can go in it non-defensive and honestly and say, okay, it looks like you do way more than I do. So how can we make this? How can we how balance can we this balance out? It? Right. right. I, I would I would bet to say that if it, the person that does that, that goes in and says, let's make sure it's equitable, right? If I feel like our sex life is not where I want it to be, and I go to my wife and say, let's check out the responsibilities of the house and see, make sure we balanced it out, um, and I'm open to the idea that it's not going to happen, I would almost guarantee that there'd be a jump in sex. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, because yeah. because it's I'm addressing some I'm addressing an area of, of inequitability that's that's not in my favor. Right. If she's too tired doing all the stuff around the house and right. doesn't want to have sex. That that's silly not to address that. So we want to say to people, let's be assertive in their communication. Ask for what they want. Mm. Embrace the fight um, by fighting fair. Don't avoid the conflict, but do that fairly. Right. Address um, the power dynamic. You know, state your opinions in smaller areas for practicing. You know, so that then you can state your opinion in bed. Yeah, and address the inequity in other areas of life like we just talked about. Look at where the, that plays out and own your responsibility where you feel like it's inequitable that's not in your favor. Right. right. And I think we played a little bit to the female side in terms of chores. I know that some men feel very burdened by, you know, perhaps being the bigger financial contributor. You know, that, that needs to be talked about. Yeah. So there's no resentment. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if there's inequality in the bedroom, like one of the ways to really kind of move into that is just to literally take turns giving each other pleasure. Right. Just spend some time giving specific feedback and asking about what you want and then switch. Right. And allow that. Take what you learned in kindergarten. Apply it to sex. Take turns. You can now call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.